Hi, Cole here, creator and narrator of The Town Whispers. It's been a long summer, but the leaves once again fall, and with autumn comes longer nights that beg for darker tales. And to fill those long, cold evenings, I've launched a brand new podcast called Tiny Terrors. Tiny Terrors is a nostalgic horror anthology series that is as fun as it is dark. Join three friends as they delve into a forgotten corner of storytelling history and bring to light the darker depths yet still hidden in those often untraveled corners. Subscribe, listen, and review Tiny Terrors wherever you listen to podcasts. The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog in the trees of a town called the fort. But what happens when there are no words, there's no air to breathe, to speak the words that are dreamt in a never-ending sleep, in a never-ending dream of a wet and soggy cursed place like the fort? This episode comes with a content warning, specific to audio descriptions of gore, and while the truth of the fort and the long shadows can't be told without it, all the same, we caution that listener discretion is advised. I got the ghost of you inside of my head. What I'm supposed to do is already dead. He's so current of static tension coursed through the air and the space encompassed by the seven parishioners surrounding Albert. The will to fight, to plead, to beg, to bargain had all but left the reverend's bones. He was weary. He was confused. But mostly, he was scared. first three boys stepped out of line with the rest of the circle and stepped closer to Reverend Albert. His back bent as he knelt, keeping his hands clasped on both knees resting back on his heels. The young man leveled his eyes with the reverends. They were bound like the rest in a heavy torn cloth, dark cloth and dirty it looked caked with grime and sweat, but then everything looked dark and dirty and grimy in the grip of the woods with the scent of fetid undergrowth and rotting game hiding in bush and burrow. Reverend, do you accept the gift offered? Huh? 
unfurling his hands, the knelt boy presented his gift. Two slightly shimmering orbs like large grapes dangling from a torn vine, half attached still to the trailing cord. With my eyes may you see the path. <clears throat> what is that? What, what are those? The young man placed them side by side, staring up at the reverend on a bed of browning leaves. As the disciple returned to his place in the circle, another approached. Mr. Kingsley, who knelt before Reverend Albert with clasped hands the same as the young man before him. Reverend, do you accept the gift offered? I... 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 I don't understand. What... what are those? Why? No... God damn it, no! Tell me what those are, please! Once more, Mr. Kingsley unclasped his hands in the same fashion as the one who'd come before him, and he too presented his gift. With my eyes, may you see the truth. What are those? Why? Every hard-sounding consonant and each rolling silence in between carrying with it its own weight. With our eyes may you see what cannot be imagined. With our eyes may you grasp that sacred. May you hold it tight inside of you. May it grow. Each word, each verb, each... Noun 
every sentence, every break for breath. Nathaniel was building towards something. The monotonous tone of his whispering voice, worming and wriggling its way into Reverend Albert's ear, digging molehills in his brain. The Reverend's own mouth began to mimic the words slightly out of time following behind Nathaniel. Nathaniel, his preceding procession speaking in time with the Reverend's own heartbeater, was it his heart following the words? Every second, every minute, every moment, if it were any different, was counted by the booming beats of his heart, and when his heart couldn't take any more, when there was nothing left to pump, his blood freezing in his veins, his mind seizing, its meddling grid on fire melting just as he felt both sucked into the earth by gravity and elevated above himself, Nathaniel stopped, and the parishioners stopped, and then, and then... Nathaniel, huh? What now, you stupid little shit? Nathaniel firmly entangled his fingers in the reverend's greasy hair, gripping tightly, both pushing and pulling from the bruised and bleeding crack on the back of his scalp, sending cold waves of pain through Albert. We turn our gaze on you, Reverend Albert. We focus our gaze on you so that you may find what you seek. With mature force. Nathaniel forced the reverend's gaze downwards towards their offerings. By the light of lightning and thunder, the offerings of his disciples stared back at him. He knew what they were, had hoped they weren't, but knew without the confirmation of the night sky's angry revolt against the dark. He hadn't needed the lightning. The thundering confirmation pulled every thread of the reverend's thin denial all the same, bringing him what he'd sought all along. Immutable truth. He froze. The eyes looking at him. Their penetrating gaze fraying at the fabric of his being, rubbing sand into his nerves. His teeth clenched, his back tensed, the hairs on his arms and his neck all rose with sheer terror and anticipation. Those eyes stared relentlessly, those eyes. 
stared intelligently. Those eyes just wouldn't look away. Sitting in their own horrid presentation, ripped from their sockets, the veins and tendons which had anchored them all trailed away from the backs of them like gory roots or tendrils seeking purchase in new lands. And he could swear they were anchoring themselves to the earth, sharpening their gaze upon him. Those veins and tendons and ligaments soaked in blood, running and rehydrating in the rain. Reverend Albert could swear they dipped their ends where once they'd rooted in his parishioners and rooted into the earth instead, pulsing once more with muddy life. And all he could do was wait for them to rise like morning glory to twist and turn to meet his gaze like the morning sun and then bloom. Bloom into a horrid flower of flesh. Do not look away, Reverend. The enclosing circle of parishioners removed their blindfolds. Violently, the sky shook the earth, the thunder rolling, the sky shattering, time slow, light lingering. Nathaniel pulled back on Reverend Albert's hair, forcing him to face those around him, and in that hanging moment, oh brilliant light, he met the eyeless gaze of Mrs. Kingsley. Mrs. Kingsley, who used to be Miss Tyne. He'd officiated her wedding. She and Mr. Kingsley had always been diligent in their attendance, always supportive of his sermons, even when he himself would not stoop so low as to call himself a roadside preacher, let alone reverend. She was a good woman, and her husband a kind and gentle man. The couple were childless, but they had remained hopeful. They weren't so old that it was impossible, but he'd seen the hope sour in her eyes as time had passed. Instead of letting it jade her, callousing her heart, she'd sought to give her love all the same, instead filling her heart with what little small acts of kindness she could manage in a day, before falling asleep, hoping that one day she'd be lucky enough to share all that love she and her husband had with a child of their own. Even as they both came to realize that, would never happen. Reverend Albert remembered all of it, felt the weight of her life on him then, and seeing the empty eye sockets in her torn at eyelids. It was all his fault. It was all his fault, and he knew it. Maybe Mother Cyprian was right after all. He'd never thought a thing he'd said had ever done a lick of good, but there he was, and having wrought such destruction on Mrs. Kingsley, Mr. Kingsley, Nathaniel, and the rest. How could their lives ever return to normal now? As the Reverend turned his thoughts inwards on what he had done, without intent but by consequence of his actions, the edges of his sight darkened as his focus narrowed on Mrs. Kingsley's empty eyes. Had he died in the cave, had Mother Cyprian not nursed him to health? Before even that, had his 
father swung left instead of right, connecting with his temple and not that of his little brother Bart's. It would have been him who had been sent into an epileptic fit and passing away in the unrelenting grip of a seizure. Mrs. Kingsley's life would be the same as if it ever was without him. Her kindness shared the same as it would have been without his sermons. Her hopes holding tight with or without the half-hearted support he'd extended to her and her husband. His sight narrowed further. The totality of nothing lurking, lunging in from the corners and narrowing more and more until all that was left was a pinprick of sight. A pinhole through which his sight was absolutely and completely transfixed on Mrs. Kingsley and her empty eye sockets. He kneeled, transfixed, mouth ajar, frozen, unfeeling, no longer present. His pupils hung open, wide and consuming, eating at all the possible white in his eyes. His gaze was fully and completely open and turned inwards on what lay inside. He could feel himself falling back inside of himself, falling and falling until falling became floating, which then became nothing. There was no sense of self, not in the way of a body or of fingers, nor of that human sensation of wiggling one's toes. There was just the mind completely detached as if it had never known flesh at all. This week's episode was assembled with special thanks to the following people in podcasts. Jess of Nowhere on Air, Harlan of Malevolent, Jamie of The Cellar Letters, and last but not least, Nathan and Jeremy of The Storage Papers. Thank you for lending your whispers to our humble and terrifying little town. All the links to their shows can be found in the description below. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. Would you like to support our tiny little monstrosity of a town by mending the roof of the church? In thanks for your support, and for only a few dollars a month, you'll receive episodes of The Town Whispers released early and forever ad-free as well as exclusive short stories and one-shots to expand your knowledge of what lays dormant and watching under the earth. Would you like to see, with your own frail eyes that can only see what can be imagined by the goodness of a heart drenched in humanity by receiving digital rewards of the visual variety? All this and more will be revealed on our Patreon. Please consider joining us at www.patreon.com slash the town whispers if you would like to support us in other ways please consider following us on facebook and instagram and on twitter at the town whispers or by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts 
For more information on the show, please head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.